welcome back to the Cabin Fever podcast. I am Maddie. Bonjour, bonjour. Uh, je m'appelle Fiona. Wonderful. Today Thank we you. are coming to you from the top of a windy hill. Oh. There is countryside as far as the eye can see. The sky is grey and threatening to drizzle, but we're kind of vibing that. There are. I don't know if you can hear right now, but I'm making wind noises. I was wondering what that was. Yeah, it was interesting. I, you shouldn't have wondered because it was very clearly wind noises. That's but true. okay. Yeah. In the distance, I see some Land Rovers with a lot of kind of people dressed exactly the same exiting the vehicles. Where do you I think we might weirdest... be, Fiona? I just made the weirdest noise. I don't think I know what a car sounds like. Um, people, are we in? Uh, the eyes have hills. Wait, the hills have eyes. <laughs> No. What is this episode about? Where in France is that? We are not. Where why would England? anything about this have to do with France? <laughs> I don't have a brain to oh Great. This is going to be a great episode, guys. Buckle up. Today we're coming to you from the Queen's Balmoral Estate in Scotland. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. I was really going hills have eyes energy. <laughs> no. What you're going to realize over the course of this episode is that uh-huh. I know um, an excessive amount about the royal family. Yeah. And Fiona does not. And I also always have far less notes than Maddie because I'm a worse person. You know what I realized actually recently? What? Is that, like, you you know how, like, you and I both get, like, really into random topics all the time? Yes. It's called a hyperfixation and, and it's, one of mine is like, the royal family. Yeah. But people are always like, oh, like, people who are, like, neurodivergent, are, like, they have special interests. I'm like, oh, have we just had special interests? Because I'm, like, really into Mormons right now. Yes. Like, I know a lot about... I've also gone know? through the Mormon phase. Like, it is I a know. special interest, Fiona. It do is you know about because ADHD. Do you know about soaking? Do we need to do this right now on the episode? Oh, can I just, can I just tell you one little Mormon Go. thing I've learned about? You're going to yeah. hate it. Go. Um, so, you know how they can't have, like, sex or anything? Sure. Uh, something that Mormons do is <laughs> they do a thing called soaking because it's bad to have sex, but they'll just put the penis inside the vagina. Don't, Fiona, we can't put this on the podcast. We're not. No, stop it. Stop it. No, we're not. We're not. We're not putting this on the podcast. We have such different lines to draw in just in life in general. And as soon as you say the V word, I'm out. We're not putting that on the podcast. That's it. No, absolutely oh. not. Apologies to my mother. I will be swearing, but, but we will not so be talking about soaking again. Fiona, we talk all day long. Tell me about this off air. Jesus. Fine. Okay. What is my your birthday win? special will be about Mormonism it, this year. It will, but not soaking. Okay. <laughs> what is your win? My win is... You know what? It's not it's not a quirky one this uh, this week, but I met one of our listeners. <gasps> that is a, that, that is a great is win. Yeah, like the best win. So uh, Grace, what's good if you're listening? Uh, yeah, last weekend I was just on a little hike um, with Riley, and we were waiting outside a gelato shop, and we're like peering in a lot because they had like a five person limit. Um, and she was looking back, and I thought that she thought we were weird because. You were peeping like, into the gelato. We shop. were like staring them down, but I was just like getting really hyped for gelato and want to try and see the flavors. <laughs> and then, in the most cabin fever possible way of letting me know that she listens to the podcast, she walks past, doesn't make eye contact, and just goes, I love cabin fever, and keeps walking. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Apparently, she saw Riley first and was like, I couldn't tell if it was just like 
Riley or just another really tall, skinny person? I was like, it was indeed Riley. <laughs> yeah, I think she probably figured that out while talking to you, that it was probably <sighs> Riley. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was just really exciting that I got to run into a listener. That, that is wild, really though, because cool. the odds of either of us running into someone specifically who listens to the podcast compared yeah. to the odds of running into someone who follows us on any other platform. For sure. Heaps lower, but like heaps yeah. more special. So. It, it was so cool. I just, I love the... I love cabin fever. Continues walking. Yeah, very on brand. Every time, <laughs> so on it's brand. like anytime I met anyone who watched me on YouTube, I was like, "You're very on brand for me. I love it." And I feel like we have the yeah. same vibe going with the cabbie thieves gang. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and Grace has a is a longtime fan of the podcast and of us individually. So shout out to exactly. Grace. We're obsessed. Like as soon as I realized it was that Grace, I was like, "Oh my god, hi!" <laughs> that's love a great so win. It is, it is like an iconic win. Yeah. So what is your win, Maddie? My win is also from um, this weekend, and it is that I went to uh-huh. a reptile party. Oh, fun. It was so great. So a reptile party, if you're not wondering, um, is when a two-year-old not, has a birthday. You said if you're not wondering, oh, it's like specifically God. if you don't care, listen up. Medication check. I've taken mine, but I have not eaten enough today, so I don't really know what's going on. Um. Yeah, so if you are wondering, if you're not wondering, if you're not. <laughs> a vibe. If you are wondering, um, this particular reptile party was held in honor of the second birthday of my godson, Billy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a vibe. His mom is my best friend since we were 10. And of course, she was like, I have a two-year-old. What shall I do? Reptiles in my house. Of so course. we rock up to Bethany's house and this girl arrives with a bunch of crates. And I was really expecting the reptiles to be in like cat carriers, you know? But not. They're just in full on like plastic crates. And there were so many reptiles. And I also thought they'd be doing it outside, but this was very much in the living room. (laughs) So it's just like a bunch of parents and kids. And then like me, my friend AD, who do not have children, sitting in this living room watching this woman (laughs) unpack various reptiles from crates. And they just kept coming. And it was great. It's honestly like really fun to me to think about the fact that I actually could just do that anytime yeah there are so many and there are also a lot of them that have like a nice conservation angle so you don't have to feel super bad about it yeah i'd have to do that one but i'm like that's so fun i could just like order reptiles my birthday and hang out with some reptiles you absolutely could like i got to touch multiple snakes i want to touch all the snakes and a freshwater crocodile a turtle a bunch of different lizards see that is just (gasps) the one you would have died at Uh uh-huh tiny tiny little sugar glider Oh. Yeah, a little sugar glider in a little pouch. And it got mad That's at one so point delicious. and, like, did a little scream. And I was like, love it. <laughs> My good. low light of the reptile party was this mm-hmm. bird called Samantha, who was a real bitch. Samantha so, is a weird name to give a bird. I know, but, like, iconic in the exact same way. Yeah. She was a black cockatoo sort of looking thing with, like, some red on her feathers. And, first of all, I don't like birds. I don't like anything that flies. I hate it. Yeah. Especially when it's a bird that has a strong flap. We like also a don't chicken trust bird has people. a strong flap, and I don't trust chickens. Cockatoo has a very strong flap. So Samantha's here, like a meter from my face. I've been fine with all the other reptiles, but as soon as Samantha comes out, I am like leaning back into the couch. I'm like, no, thank you, Samantha. <laughs> She's already lost points for being a bird, and then she just wouldn't shut up. Like she was back in her little crate, and it was not about her anymore. And she just kept squawking, and we were all like, Samantha, this is really embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but overall, reptile like- party, big win. I feel like a reptile party is a good way to satiate my need to have a lizard in the same way that when I was five, I really wanted a cow for my birthday. 
And I like fully mapped out like where in our garden it would go and everything. Mm. I was like, we're getting a cow. My Very parents were like, yeah. maybe not. Um, and instead they, I, I thought it was like a planned thing. I thought this like dairy farm did these regularly. No, it turns out my parents just like called up a random dairy farm and were like, hey, our five-year-old daughter really fucking wants a cow. Can we just come and like show her around? I loved it. It was a blast. So maybe I need a reptile party to not buy a lizard right now yeah or just like for any any occasion really just any occasion yeah, yeah. reptile party guys reptile parties if you want to sponsor the podcast we are more than willing to make several episodes oh for <laughs> sure i didn't get any good pics with the reptiles and so if you want to do like a reptile event for the cabin fever podcast <gasps> imagine hosting a podcast at a reptile party yeah fun absolutely anyway. but we would not invite <laughs> samantha because she'd really fuck up the audio um, Fiona. Only reptiles, no birds. Yes. What's your wine? My wine is, um, I don't know if I've told you this or not. I think you'll either bully me or say, that's fair, that's a vibe. Mm-hmm. That's um, how most things go. Yeah. I just really want to get into kayaking. I just really You've feel told the me call. this not just once, Fiona. We've had full, multiple full conversations about the fact you want to get into kayaking and how there are some, some kayak <laughs> enthusiasts that have set up a kayak <laughs> sharing program on one of the beaches. Yeah, kayak share. Yeah. Like, you've I'm really, really taken me through this. That's really funny. It's only been a couple of days, so it's interesting that I, I have, one, talked to you about it at length, and two, completely forgotten that I've talked to you about it Yeah, it length. makes me wonder how many other people you also have just been talking to about the Kayak Share program. <laughs> Legit, though. Yeah. Um, anyway, very excited to be a kayak girl, um, but I'm really annoyed because for the Kayak Share program, you have to provide your own paddle, yeah. which I'm more than happy to do. Um, but paddles are really big. And I want one that can break down into four pieces so mm-hmm. that I'm not, like, on public transport with a massive paddle. Sure. And I cannot, for the life of me, find a breaking into four pieces kayak paddle. That's so weird. In Sydney. Can... And, but they're popular. Like, they're in all the groups. All the groups, like, buy these ones. This one breaks into four. Like, I love it. Yeah, and I can imagine it perfectly. As someone who is not a kayaker myself, like, mm-hmm. I can imagine so easily there'd be, like, um, like, a bungee cord inside of it so it all stays attached and it just pops apart and folds down. Yeah, so I'm just upset about that. So maybe that should be any... your um your hot new drop shipping business. You import the kayak paddles. <laughs> um, by the way, my pet toy company, which I've mentioned to Maddie that I want to start a pet toy company because I honestly think I'm the best inventor. Can I just say, guys, toys. Fiona and I are the best example of the Dunning Kruger effect. Um, no, I wouldn't say that. I think I could actually do this. One. Fiona, <laughs> that's why we're the best example of the Dunning Kruger effect. Because you think you could have a pet toy company, and I am a hundred percent sure I could make absolute bank with ceramics. Like in my head, I'm like, if I only had a kiln, I would be so rich. The Dunning Kruger effect. If you guys aren't aware yet, do you actually believe the ceramics one though? Like in your yes, heart of hearts? in my oh, heart, hey. I believe it like more mm. than you think you could do a backflip. Like oh, so I thought you were gonna deeply. say more than I think I can have a pet toy company. No, it's like, on par with a pet toy company. Fair, but mine I would be able to make my own <laughs> products, whereas you would really have to figure out a manufacturing process, which is part oh, of the no. Dunning Kruger effect. Can I explain the Dunning Kruger effect to the oh, people? Go ahead, guys. We will be doing a productivity episode. Don't worry, but unfortunately, we do have ADHD. We'll get to the royal family What's at some the point. Productivity episode got to do with this. The Dunning Kruger effect, you silly bitch. Oh, okay. Yeah, it has more to do with productivity than the royal family. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, tell them. Basically, tell Dunning the Kruger effect is the concept that 
if you know basically nothing about something, you'll think you can absolutely smash it. The more you actually learn about that subject, the more you start to doubt your own abilities. And then the curve starts to come back up once you do become like really competent at it. So we are perfect because neither of us know anything about pet toy manufacturing or what it takes to run a ceramics business. We are dead set that we could absolutely kill it. Whereas when it comes to like our actual work, we regularly have to remind ourselves that we are not complete buffoons. Yeah. Yeah. And also, fun fact, do you know how the Dunning-Kruger effect like came came to be popular? How it was invented? It was by um, this guy who was like genuinely convinced that he could run a bakery in this town in the Czech Republic called Kruger. Right. And so he was like, oh, I can get it done in Kruger. And you are so full of shit. (laughs) You're so full of shit. Nah, this is like when I told everyone that um, that mayonnaise that mayonnaise was invented by a man called Richard Mayen, and that nays is just another word for sauce. And when they're like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yeah, like mayonnaise, hollandaise, baronaise," and they're always like, "Wow, Richard Mayen, is that right?" I'm like, "Yeah, go tell people." Run and tell them. That's right. So your wine is not being able to find the kayaking paddle. Uh-huh, yeah, what's yours? <laughs> I, it really stresses me out the idea of you kayaking on Sydney Harbour because there are so Why? many sharks. But I'm like, there some... is such a high volume of so I many different sharks. I don't think in all of Sydney Harbour. Fiona. And they're not going to come see me. Fiona. I'll get some grapes. What does a kayak look like from the bottom if not a flailing seal? Yeah, but I'll get some grapes, just chuck at them. Anyway, what's your wine, Maddie? My wine is Stuart Little. I hate him. What? No. Fuck Stuart Little. Are you upset because you saw the TikTok about how Harry Styles dresses like Stuart Little? Um, that is probably what reminded me. But like, I, I, since childhood, have just uh-huh. had a visceral aversion to Stuart Little. He is See, such I'm complete a opposite. Creep. I love nah, him. He is a freak. Great Fiona. vibe. Love He's it. An absolute freak. He is such a bizarre little man. Like his personality <laughs> is so icky and he drives around in that weird little car and he think he Speedy really boy. thinks he belongs in that human family and he doesn't. And who are you to tell him that he doesn't, Maddie? In Stuart Little Lore, did the mother birth Stuart? <laughs> I don't know. I feel I, like I, no. I feel like she did. Oh. <laughs> I mean, regardless, just like, there's just something about Stuart Little that when I see him, I'm like, disgusting. Also, you know that he was adopted, right, Maddie? Are you saying you're against adoptive families? No, I'm against adopting Stuart Little. Another no. mouse I'd give a chance. Specifically, Stuart is who I have the problem with. <laughs> Abs- it is specifically Stuart. It is not rodents. It's not adoption. Who it is, is Stuart who's, Little. Who's a mouse that you give the time of day to? Remy? That's a rat. Oh, of course. Um, a mouse. Yeah. Oh, Same family. any of the ones from Cinderella. You know, like Gus They're Gus. They're fun. Yeah. 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 Like, I would happily adopt one of the Cinderella mice, if not all of them. You show me Stuart Little, I'm going to punt that little freak out the door. Nah. He is so... Nah, his can, personality is fucked, kicked out the Fiona. door and come on over to mine. He has a disgusting little personality. If Stuart Little were a human man, I feel bad that I... You'd hate I, him. I regret defending him because i think it's making you dig your heels in more with hating him i there were there was no further to go i buried my feet on this topic as a (laughs) a seven-year-old child like his little personality is horrid he is like the weirdest combination of like he's such a weird little simp and he like plays the victim and he's such he's such a timid little guy but at the same time he like thinks he's a big strong guy Stuart little is nothing if not a simp he is revolting. Ugh. He just has the same like 
ugh. Like, he'd be the kind of guy who would, like, learn how to make one dish that he thinks is impressive. And then he'd make it for you. And he would think that you then should be indebted to him forever. I just don't think you're reading Stuart Little's I hate Stuart Little. I hate him. The movie the creeps joy me out, but just as a person, I from really... From when he's on his little boat. That joy. What fun. I wish he'd fall in. He can't <sighs> swim. He's a mouse. Foolish. Foolish. Yeah. And you know what else? By extension, remember that show George Shrinks? No. It's a cartoon from the early 2000s. George Shrinks. I believe if you heard the theme song, you'd recognize it. Premise okay. here. Completely normal family. Mother, father, toddler, baby. Older brother, yeah. George. Size of freaking Stuart Little. Natural born son, tiny George shrinks. That's haunting. Intro song. Than he's I like saw running. a TikTok of mm-hmm. someone who had gave birth to a, a child via C section, and it came out like the size of a fucking toddler. They had to put him in nine month old clothes. <gasps> oh, stop! <laughs> when oh, he was stop. born, like they put him in the like the little baby ICU thing or whatever, no. and like <laughs> they didn't have any diapers big enough for him to go to pediatrics. Because <laughs> he was so stop. fucking large. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. We're Would I rather a have a, a giant baby or a George Shrinks? That's something for me to giant ponder baby. in my spare it's time. It's funnier. <laughs> yeah, it is. Mm. But then I've, I think I've seen giant baby and it's hideous. Like the actual baby is hideous. What about Jimbo. From Boss, Boss Baby. Baby. <laughs> yeah. Boss Baby. I could vibe with Jimbo. He's Jimbo, I'd get baby. to pick up um, Stuart Little by the tail and just whack him on something. He, and throw Jimbo it would never harm a fly, Maddie. Jimbo wasn't raised by me in the Boss Baby you TV are, show. You are reading Jimbo wrong. You're reading Stuart Little wrong. I know that Jimbo is a, a, a kind dunce. I'm aware. Yes. He's, yes. The, he's the muscle, but in a kind way. He is, yes. But what I'm saying to the you is... The muscle and the heart, I would in, say. In Boss Baby canon... Uh-huh. Jimbo wasn't raised by this bitch. That, that's true, Maddie. You were not written into the Boss Baby Sad. franchise. Yeah, that's another wine. So my main wine is Stuart Little. He can go F himself. And, I and the s- second one is that you're not in Boss Baby. I mean, that's one of my main wines. My main wine is that Boss Baby was cancelled. God, I'm still fucking upset about that. Yeah, that is actually really upsetting. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway, we digress Welcome to the little. episode, guys. <laughs> Welcome to the Royal Family Podcast episode. <laughs> As the title may have informed you, today's episode is going to be about royal family PR disasters. And Mm -hmm. there have been a lot of these, so it took a while for us to narrow them down. It Uh, did. But I think we've done quite a good job. I think we've done good. Buckle up, guys. We've got a a fun time in store for you. We do believe that this is going to be a two-parter. Yeah. I mean, we're already 20 minutes in. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a two-parter, isn't it? Anyway. Why don't we jump in? The I deep wish we had end. a theme tune. I feel like this is like the moment where the theme tune would play. Anyway, we don't have twenty one. minutes into the episode. Yeah, that sounds about da, right. Da, 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 da. Cabin fever. That is so off-brand. I don't. Well, I'm not a musical gal, Maddie. I'm doing my best. Don't say that, Fiona. Thank you. I, just, <laughs> I was fishing. <laughs> We're going to dive in right here with just one off the bat that is blanket rule, probably not great, and that is Prince Philip's family. Before we go any further, please make sure you add, when you say dive in, a splash sound, and we say off the bat, do a, like a batting sound. I'm willing to do the splash because I already have it on my computer. The bat, I don't know. Oh, 
Fine. Yeah. Continue. So, starting light with some, you know, a sprinkling of, of some roast. Prince Philip. Hey guys, editing Maddie here. Just jumping in to make it like very clear. This episode was very much recorded uh, before the death of his royal highness. Uh, rest in peace. Bless up. We're about to roast the absolute shit out of a now very dead man. So, um, enjoy. He is so very old. We all know this. I've had a mm-hmm. theory that there is technology to keep a corpse animated and they've been using it for years. I know I'm not alone in that. If they're going to use it on anyone, it'll be the royal family. So yeah, if anyone has that technology, come on. Yeah. Um, but Prince Philip, if you travel back in time a little bit, does come from his own family. And <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck does that even mean? He comes from his own family. Yeah, he was even just I popping. Mean, yeah, everyone is from a family originally. Like what? Wow, check your privilege, please. Fiona. Oh my god! Look, what we're getting at here is that I got way too into the intro vibe, and now we have to actually do content. My brain is panicking. <laughs> Okay, so Prince Philip came from a family. He came from his own family. Strong start. Yeah, Prince Philip came from his own family. Uh-huh. They're like the, the Greek royal family, but they weren't actually Greek. The Greek royal family was like imported from I don't Denmark or something like that. Yeah. Um. So there was a lot of drama. Um. His mom had a lot of mental health issues when he was was growing up, and like that's not a yikes. That's just understandable. She yes. then became um a nun later in life after going through a lot of struggles and did some pretty good stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're not going to be roasting Princess Alice. She's a bit of a vibe. Mm -hmm. However, who we are very happy to roast are all of Prince Philip's siblings. So he was, I think, the youngest. The youngest, and then he had three or four older sisters. I don't know. But he's 99, so they're all long dead. Um, They didn't get the same special treatment to to the formula. No, sadly. Um, But this is one that is understandable for a royal family, but for normal people, it's a great roast. And that is the fact that literally every single one of the children in Prince Philip's family married their cousins. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be inbreeding. Every single one of them. Um, One of his sisters actually married two different cousins. Oh. So she dipped her little toe in there and then I presumably he died and then she her was like, you know what? Toe and then I've I've got a taste for for family values. And so she married another Stop. cousin. Um so that that is very normal for this crowd. It's still embarrassing. Um but more embarrassing is that at least one of his sisters was a Nazi. Oh that's like, pretty a you know member what? of the Nazi party. That's not this bad. is not in just like a she happened to live in Germany at the time. Yeah, in a way. yeah. Like, and like got sucked into it or whatever. Especially when yeah. you're that high up, like you can just be like, I'm not I'm Switzerland, I'm not doing anything. Like you no, can. They were very early adopters. So his, one of his sisters was a member of the party and her husband was a member of the party. And Big when yike. they died in a plane crash in like nineteen thirty seven, so like the yeah. Nazis were in power, but the full holocaust had not kicked off quite yet um when they died in a plane crash philip had to march at their funeral surrounded by nazis in full uniform and they were doing like their lame little howdy wave like not a good time so there are photos and like footage of teenage prince philip marching in this funeral with like full-on nazi regalia around him and also herman goering was there 
He w- this Jesus. is star studded for Nazi 1937. Yeah. So this is not just like, oh, there's a loose connection. It's like, no, his sister was a full on Nazi. Um, and I kind of feel as though if she had not died with her entire family in that plane crash in 1937, like they would have been prominent. We would know their names. Yeah, um, another one of his sisters, Sophie, named one of her children, Carl Adolf. Isn't that fun? Oh yeah! Like, was it in a Nazi way? Yes, like, it Adolf was. was just a name. No, okay, it was in the Nazi way. Yeah, it was directly after the Fuhrer. Yeah, fun times. Wow! Um, Didn't that realize there was that much said, Nazism. Like, not shocked, but Jesus. Well, if you think about it. No, I know. That's why I'm like, I'm not surprised. Mm. But God. it is always interesting, though, when you're like, wow. Imagine, imagine being that person and walking around just knowing that your middle name is Adolf, and knowing that it's not just like a yikes coinky dink. Yeah. Yeah, Oy. not a fun time. I would imagine yeah. he probably has, like, either changed his middle name or just really doesn't like to tell people. Just goes by, like, A as a middle name, like an initial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, it's not just Philip's side on this front either, since Edward VIII, who we might know as, um, he was he was the one that abdicated, so that Colin Firth in the King's speech became king. Yeah. So he's Elizabeth's uncle. Um, Edward VIII and his uh, mistress and future wife, Wallace Simpson, famously did go on a little jaunt to visit actual Hitler. Jesus. Like, and, like, not in a cool time travel way to kill no, him. No, like, this is when they were already on the outs with the British royal family because he'd abdicated. <sighs> I believe it was after the abdication because I don't think he would have really been allowed to go on official no. business with her. I don't think um, so. Yeah, they fully, like, loved Hitler, thought he was great, like, went to go and visit him. And there are photos of them just chatting it up with Hitler. Yeah, so embarrassing all around on both sides of the family, re-cousin marriage, and also buying into the Third Reich. Yes. Yeah. And in terms of, like, the repercussions for this, they were pretty immediate. Like, the yeah. the UK post-World War Two and post-World War One also, you know, not huge on Germany. Yeah. Like, the, the royal family had to change their last name to Windsor so they didn't come off too German. Yeah. So We've there, seen there was backlash already, which is nice. It's nice yeah. that, like, this isn't a 21st century thing, being like, your sister loved Hitler. That's kind of awkward. Um, yeah. But it is something they do love to to try and gloss Sleep over. under the rug. Yeah. yeah. So how would we rank that? I'd say... I'm putting that, like, beyond... The spectrum is iconic to so embarrassing, and I'm putting it's, that... It's got to be down the beyond far so embarrassing. so embarrassing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we also have street cred. What we settled on, and I will say this was my insistence here, um, is <laughs> that street insistent. cred, the scale is from an negative three to plus three in terms yeah. of like did their street street cred go up or down from this yeah um the street cred for prince philip's german connections in general minus three it was a minus three yeah yeah you don't just get a street general. cred for befriending nazis at least not on the streets that we're on that's right yeah guys um if you want to nominate us for australian of the year on that front let us know <laughs> what i will say though is that uh-huh. just like Cherry picking one tiny element from this section. Okay. The one sister of Phillips that married two different cousins. A little iconic. That's a little bit iconic. Yeah, fair. And she wasn't the one that died in the Nazi plane. But crash. at the same time, you that still gets minus three for street cred. Maybe minus two. Minus it's, two. It's hard because, yeah, like minus expected. three is Nazis. 
So, like, it's hard to say something is, like, on the same level as Nazis. It really is, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it is kind of like the Trump card, and that is a very yeah. fitting term to use. Um, would you fire the publicist is the next question. A hundred percent, yes, you would fire Bye-bye. the publicist. Would you yeah. fire the publicist over the marrying two cousins thing? Eh, probably not. Yeah, I'd say neutral. Because they all, they all do that. Yeah. So, um, you, like, you wouldn't fire her, but you wouldn't be like, oh, my God, have to keep her. Mm, that's true. And relevance level slash would your mum remember it? You'll I have to answer this one. Pretty low. Yeah. You know, because if you think about anyone else in this day and age who you're like, you have active Nazi connections, it's still pretty, it's a pretty big no-no. Whereas yeah. Philip, people really just... Forget. Yeah. yeah so, so I'd say relevance level low. Low. Um, and... <laughs> Oh. Now, I'm going to say, we will not be saying which one of us is likely to have a Nazi family. Or incest. Oh, I was I was going to be happy to say which one of us would marry two consecutive cousins. Fair. It's probably me. It's you, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm putting a note that says incest, not Nazi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we will be ranking which one of us is more likely to be the person, the royal member, family member in the scandal. Um, yes. But for this one, it's a big no-no on the Nazi front, yeah. but Maddie would do the incest. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Isn't that fun? Now, we are going to be ramping up as we go along with these scandals. So uh-huh. Fiona has one of my oh. favorite topics to cover and one she didn't know existed until I forced her to confront it a couple of weeks ago. Fiona? I am so mad that I have to cover this one. Take the stage, baby. <sighs> so, tampon gate. And the squidgy tapes. Squidgy gate? Is that what it's also called? Sure. Everything's a gate at this point. Everything's a gate. Um, so tampon gate and squidgy gate. Basically, they're two like scandaloso calls that happened uh, between... One was between Princess Diana and uh, this gin air guy who was an heir to a gin fortune or company called James Ghibli. And the other was between Charles and Camilla. James Gilby. That's what I said, didn't I? You said Ghibli. Is it Ghibli? Oh, I've yeah. written Ghibli, so I just <laughs> didn't get that right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Tampon Gate was a conversation between Charles and Camilla in 1989. Uh, so it happened while Charles was still married to Princess Diana because he is the worst, but it only leaked after they broke up. Um, and it was also found, which one was found by the person who was just like listening I believe the, that the Princess Diana conversation was some absolute freak who was just tuning through radio frequencies yeah, and like, that recognized one. a voice. Yeah. I don't know how this one got leaked. Probably should, but I don't. So I am actually, Maddie, I'm going to make you do this with me. Oh, great. We're going to act out. <laughs> do you want to be Charles Stop. or Camilla? <laughs> I am going to be Camilla. Thank you. I'm going to be Camilla. All right. I'm sending you the script over message now. Good Jesus Christ. So we will now read to you. I've done this to myself. Tampon gate, yeah. Cause... Okay. So <laughs> what right. year, this is happening in 1989. When were, when was this leaked? Uh, it was like, like two months or something after they announced that they were breaking up. Yikes. So, yeah. Um, and it so is a I conversation between. I will be playing between... the part of Camilla. Yeah. It's Charles and Camilla. Maddie will be Camilla. I will be Charles. And this is 100% real. This is 100% real. And I've verified it. Like, I've gone through so many things. I listened to part of it. I couldn't listen to all of it. And now we're going to make you guys listen to us do it. I'm going to put a British accent on. When I told Fiona this existed, she was like, surely not. But I'm not doing a British accent. I will be doing it in uh, my my natural Mm -hmm. tone. 
Take it away, Maddie. Hmm. <laughs> so do I. I need you all the week. All the time. Oh, God. I'll just live inside your trousers or something. It would be much easier. Ha ha ha. What are you going to turn into? A pair of knickers? Both laugh. <laughs> oh, you're going to come back as a pair of knickers. Or, God forbid, a Tampax. Just my luck. <laughs> you are a complete idiot. <laughs> oh, what a wonderful idea. My luck to be chucked down a lavatory and go on and on forever, swirling around on the top, never going down. <laughs> oh, darling. Until the next one comes through. Oh, perhaps you could just come back as a box. A what sort of box? A box of Tampax, so you could just keep going. Oh, that's true. Repeating yourself, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, darling. Oh, I just want you now. I hate it. So what has just happened, if you are too mesmerized by our performance, (laughs) is deadass, this is them talking sexy to each other. And Charles is saying, I want to be a tampon. So he can just be inside of her, like, pickling away. And apparently that worked. And apparently it worked because they got together after he broke up with Princess Diana. No, they were, to- they were together the whole time, Fiona. I mean, yeah, but like, biggest L to be like, they went public afterwards. I know, it's really embarrassing, but I was more talking about the fact that after he talks about how he wants to be a tampon floating around in a toilet, God. she says, I want you now. Yeah, exactly. So it really has worked. Um, I want <sighs> to know. Yeah. Has Prince Charles ever been informed just really anything about the reality of the menstrual cycle of a tampon like, yeah does, does he, he know, know what a tampon is for that he because... gets like only a couple of days a month and also i think he's imagining this as being like quite a snuggly cozy little experience and mm-hmm. not a literal bloodbath yeah mm. no nah. <laughs> so what are, what were your thoughts on tampon gate when you first when it was first presented to you all those I hated weeks ago? it. I literally just thought it was fake. Also like I don't know when I thought tampons were invented, but it feels weird to me that like older royal family members had tampons. That's just strange to me. It makes sense to me that they existed in the 80s, but I agree that it's like It I makes sense to me that they Camilla. existed in the 80s, but it doesn't make sense to me that Camilla knew and Charles knew what they were. That's what yeah. I don't know why those two can't line up in my head, but they can't. I just love that he's trying to be so cheeky. She's like, you're going to be underwear? And he's like, God forbid a Tampax. Mm. I'm like, God forbid. This is definitely how you like introduce a kink. Yeah, you're like, like when you're just like, unless. haha. Yeah, it's exactly it's like, haha, unless. I piss on you. <laughs> oh, Donald. Anyway. Stop. This is just like, when people it's the say. Worst. I can't believe it's real. I cannot believe it's real. Still. And like, there are bits that are even worse, like the bit when they're saying goodbye. Yeah. Have you got that? I haven't got the script for it. It is literally just them saying goodbye like 40,000 like times. Like 80 times, and being like, yeah. no, you hang up. No, you ha-. It's the worst. Yeah. And when you think about these are like mid- people that are like firmly middle-aged, mm-hmm. both married to other people. Yeah. You're trying to tell me that Meghan and Harry's baby is more embarrassing for the royal family than, this. than the actual heir to the throne being mm-hmm. such a weird little kind of simp that he wants to be a tampon and thinks that's like yeah thinks that's sexting it's like it, it really is the sort of thing where you're like this can't be real yeah because it doesn't make sense that the general public is aware that this happened and okay and with he's it. still around and he has support yeah it is bonkers i mean 
yeah, it does make sense. Yeah, so that was um, tampon gate. Yeah, and then Squidgy Gate was a conversation between uh, Princess Diana and James Gilby after uh, Diana and Charles had separated. Mm. And there's honestly not too much like drama to it. Like it was just clearly like an affectionate conversation. Yeah, it's just kind of sad. Because yeah, because it's like clearly she just like want someone who's affectionate and cares about her. Yeah, it's it's like, clearly her just wanting someone to like like her for her and he calls her squidgy, so that's why it's called the squidgy gate. Yeah. Um but yeah, it, honestly I'm like there's not that much drama. Although the way that it was recorded was so weird because just this guy who had like a weird setup in an underground thing in his house and he would just record like random radio stations and radio waves and stuff and he just like happened to stumble upon this. And then didn't know what to do with it. He felt like he had like a little bomb in his hand. He's like, what do I do? Like, I don't know how to handle this. And just called up the Daily Mail because that's what you do with it, apparently. Yeah, because the kind of person who records people in their basement is going to go to the Daily Mail first of all publications. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. And then they. It is just so weird. Because, like, this guy has done interviews about it being like, I couldn't believe my ears. It was the Princess of Wales. And I'm like, yeah. you are comfortably on camera saying you have a weird little recording radar (laughs) and you just record random people's conversations i'm like surely that should be a criminal offense i feel like Like it must be now like now that because you could just do that so much more easily now if you could do it back then you could probably do it now so it has to be illegal now and the public response to someone recording our podcast they'll leak it before we can upload (laughs) no they would never get through the edit But the public response to these two tapes, like the the weird tampon one, was people being like, "Oh, that's embarrassing." But for some reason, Princess yeah. Diana just having a friend, people Who's were like, like kind to her. It's like losing their fucking minds. They're like, yeah. "How dare she? Disgusting!" So it's like uh, the public reaction was that like Princess Diana's the worst. Whereas like my order of who is the worst in this uh-huh. is number one Charles because he's horrific to his wife and he yes. said the tampon thing. Yes. Number two. Is the guy who recorded Princess Diana from his weird basement <laughs> yeah. and thinks that's completely normal and is proud of it. Yeah. Three is Camilla yeah. because girl code, you know? Yeah. I know that when you've got the Prince of Wales and you've got some feelings, that complicates things. But girl code and also don't encouraging encourage the, the guy thing. Yeah, I'm like, don't encourage yeah. that. Like, you want to be like, you know what? Why don't we just try, like a whip instead you know i don't want to (laughs) you know like just divert that energy somewhere else yeah then i'd have princess diana number four and james gilby five yeah same fine from both of them yeah yeah so anyway i'm gonna rank this one (laughs) so i think that we would have from iconic to so embarrassing god it's weird because the tampon gate is both so so embarrassing but kind of iconic in the way that like you don't think it's going to happen like i i don't believe it so i think that's got some sort of level of iconic to it oh well the 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 princess diana squidgy tapes for me is a complete neutral yeah fine it's complete neutral whatever um the tampon gate tapes i if i'm very honest yeah i think the tampon gate tape and just the fact that it's real prince charles his game is saying he wants to be a tampon is like it is so embarrassing but also like, iconic it is so i feel like squidgy tapes is like pure neutral whereas this one needs the neutral rating but because it is so strongly pulled to both sides i think we have to decide now is this ranking going to be like 
because there are a lot most of these things that are just so embarrassing are also iconic because they're so horrible yeah but i think it would have to be like the the reputation like do you think of prince charles and be like icon yes king tampon gay okay no you're right embarrassing it's embarrassing yeah um street cred for prince charles uh minus three Minus three, yeah. Let's just make the Nazi one minus four, so we still have the three to use. Yes. Let's say, blanket rule, the Nazi one is, it's concreted in at the worst one. Yeah. But we can still give things minus three that aren't as bad. Yeah. Um, So street cred minus three, and for Squidgy Gate, like, honestly? It was a, a negative one, I think, because... It did have an impact, but it's not. It's more just like, oh, that's kind of sad. I was going to say plus one because of that. Because I was like, oh, like she's more human again now. And also I love like the the vibe of the heir to a gin fortune. I know, but I think the way that it was received at the time, people mm-hmm. really did have this idea that like the Princess of Wales shouldn't be doing that. Mm. And they had not heard the, the tampon tapes yet. Fair. Okay. So I think, and a lot of what the people's princess gets up to is a plus for street cred. So I think for this one, this it's like, true. all right, we'll give it minus one, one for this not one. Her fault. Yeah. Would you fire the publicist? Yes. Uh, on both absolutely. Fronts. Yeah. For both. Yeah. Um, relevance level slash. Would your mum remember it? I would hope so. I think she would definitely remember Diana. Squidgy gate. I think she would definitely remember that. I think once you learn of the tampon call, never it never leaves you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just heard the tiniest squeak, it was my kitten waking up oh and God. coming over to have a little sip of water. Fiona's Ooh. kitten is so cute. She looks like a wizard. It's she great. Does. Hey, Lemmy. Which We're one of us? We're going to fight over who is oh, tampon no. gate. No, I think... Um, I, think that- I think that I'm the I'm squidgy tapes. You're squidgy tapes. I know I know I'm tampon gate. Yeah, you absolutely are. Yeah. Yeah, because like, I don't even say the V word, let alone yeah. want to go up there. Nah, that's... Yeah, that one's me. Yeah, that's an L, but it's an unavoidable one. Yeah, I mean, you got incest, so I'll take Chapel. Okay. <laughs> oh, we're like, let's roast the royal family. <laughs> you're like, yeah, we'll roast the royal family. These but... guys sure come off like real weirdos. <laughs> and I'm like, I'd do the incest, you're tampon, right? It's very clear. Oh, God. Okay. Well, next. <laughs> okay. This is yeah. where things get a little bit intense. <laughs> this next section is, generally speaking, the royal family, the queen's children, and mm-hmm. their forays into the reality TV genre. Mm-hmm. So we've got two television productions that I will be covering in this TED Talk. Uh, the first one is the royal family documentary, and the second is It's a Royal Knockout. And I did watch that. It's pretty spicy. Get ready. So, the documentary. The royal family as we know them are, like, pretty guarded. Like, they try to appear very open now by, like, being on social media and being more accessible to the public. But in a very controlled way. Yeah, Yeah. the only way that the monarchy continues to exist is that there is that, like, veil of mystique. Yeah. Because they come from a time where even, like, a generation back from us, people still were buying into the idea that they were ordained by God. Yeah. And that was like, they had the divine right to rule. Whereas now, they that is not so prevalent, that belief. So they have to protect themselves by being relatable to the people, but separate from the people. 
Yeah. And there are two notable occasions on which they really fumbled the ball on that front. And the first one is the documentary. So in 1969, a documentary aired on BBC One and ITV. I think it was called like The Queen and Her Children or something. It was leaked in January of this year. So you can actually find it on YouTube for if you if you look hard enough. But prior to that, like you could not find this documentary anywhere. Like they had okay. it pulled. It was completely inaccessible. <laughs> there were like tiny clips of it that people had. But like yeah. in its entirety, this documentary had not been seen for decades. So basically what it does is it covers a year in the life of the core royal family. So Liz and Philip. Charles and Edward Andrew. And since it was in 1969, this is when the kids were still quite young. So Charles and Anne would have been like late teens and the two younger boys would have been like actual kids. And what it tries to do is just present them as like a family, which I can see what they were trying to do there. And like, I understand that Prince Philip got really hype off the moon landing. So he was probably very into like technology and being (laughs) like, let's capitalize on this. But like, people don't want to see the royal family as a normal family. Like we think that we do, but we don't. And that was thoroughly proven via this documentary. So you never hear the royals, especially the senior ones, talk about themselves like this. If you think about it, like occasionally you'll see an interview. Rarely is there ever an interview with like queen elizabeth it's always like an address yeah rarely you'll get an interview with one of like the lower down like one of the sons or something Mm. but it's very much for the most part like it's very controlled yeah and you, you don't hear them talking about themselves much so in this documentary you can hear the queen narrate what she's up to and it is bizarre. <laughs> like, it is... And this is, like, decades before reality TV as a genre was even a thing. Yeah. So the fact that you've got the queen going about her business... That's and it's, so like, funny. shot in the 1960s. I'm imagining it like a like a TikTok day in the life, like, voiceover audio. <laughs> it is. It's so weird. And because they're so stiff and proper, like, first of all, it's in the 60s. Second of all, it's a royal family in the 60s. It's, yeah. like, it feels like a Saturday Night Live sketch. Like, these people should not be on a reality show. It is mind-boggling. So it covers a year in their life, and as odd as as it is, it's also very mundane, which is what the dangerous territory is. Because I think they were worried about coming across as, like, too aloof, but it went too far the other way. Um, Because, like I said, like, they rely on people seeing them as inherently special in order to, to survive. Yeah. And especially without the internet back in the 60s, like, a lot of people had never heard them speak. Like, what about now, TV? Yeah, but, like, you, the only times you would hear them speak were... True, it's like a one-off address kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, like the Queen's speech. No, you would sense. never really have heard, like, Philip speak or any of the kids. And yeah. a lot of people only bought TVs for things like the coronation or, or the moon landing. Like, a lot of people, even in the 60s, didn't really have TV. And the royals weren't generally on it. So for a lot of people, like, this was the first time they were hearing these people speak or even seeing them in motion. You would just be used to seeing them, like, in the newspaper. Yeah, like, yeah, photos. Yeah, for sure. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you're going from seeing someone on a coin to seeing them walking around (laughs) in a backyard narrating what they're doing with their children. (laughs) Like, that would be so jarring. If you think about it, like, when you are talking to someone on, like, a dating app, 
there's always like that horror of like, what if you're so weird in person? What if you have like a really weird little voice? I've been saying to Fiona, one of my fears is the guy I'm going to meet up with. What if he has a weird little jockey voice? Yeah. It's like that, but with the people who are in charge of your country. Yeah. (laughs) Like it would just be so jarring. Um, And David Attenborough specifically wasn't a fan of this. He did not like that this documentary was made. And he wrote at the time, the whole institution depends on Mystique and the tribal chief in his hut. If any member of the tribe ever sees inside the hut, then the whole system of the tribal chiefdom is damaged and the <laughs> tribe eventually disintegrates. <laughs> so okay. Sir David Attenborough was literally like, you shouldn't be showing us this. this yeah, like, I'm not idea. meant to see this, yeah. Yeah. And a film critic called Milton Shulman wrote, Every institution that has so far attempted to use TV to popularize or aggrandize itself has been trivialized by it. This wasn't something that they had to do. Like, they weren't even at a crisis point in 1969. This wasn't being forced Yeah, there, there was, that wasn't necessary. No. Like, a lot of the time now when we see things that aren't great with the royal family and the media, it's because they have been backed into a corner and they have no choice other than yeah, to speak. Absolutely. Which, like, fair enough, they should have to. Yeah. But at this point, it's like, this was entirely their choice. And they were really trying to shift their focus to what the future of the monarchy was going to be. Mm. And a lot of that was, like, trying to modernize where they could. Be, like, hashtag relatable and, like, be this, like, leading force. Yeah. And I just really want to know, like, if this documentary had gone well, where did they see this vibe going? Yeah. Like, they all really clearly did not have media training. Which is one of the things that stands out to me about the royal family. Like, you've got Meghan and Diana being like, they don't give you media training. There's no doubt in my mind that, like, Harry and William have had a lot. Yeah, but but I'm like, why don't you just give it to everyone? Like, that's, their whole thing is, like, their reputation. So, like, why not? Like, media training should be, every single person that comes to that family should be getting it. Yeah. There's no reason that you shouldn't. Like, if you're in a boy band, you get media training. Yeah. It's bizarre that you don't when you're in the royal family when there are so many rules. But the fact that they did not have media training means that this documentary has the same vibe as, like, really early reality TV. Yeah. Like, first season of Kardashians, where they're very <laughs> aware that they're in a documentary. And there's, like, a also TV have, like, in, like a, a person shooting in their house. Yeah, but they yeah. have, like, no clue, like, what being in a documentary means or how they're meant to act. <laughs> And so the whole thing is just so surreal. Okay. Because it's like, it's a genre and a vibe that we are very familiar with from early reality TV. But then you see that it's the royal family. From the 60s and the royal family, yeah. And your brain processes it like it's from Saturday Night Live or it's a parody. (laughs) And then you realize it's not. And you're like, what? And then you add on top of that the fact that they were so like, "Uh uh-oh, this did not go well. And that is what seals it for me. Like, this is a quote from someone describing what happens in the documentary. Uh Viewers saw Prince Philip barbecuing sausages on the Balmoral (laughs) estate in Scotland while the Queen and Charles made salad dressing. Too oily, says Her Majesty, (laughs) dipping her finger in the vinaigrette. (laughs) Like, I want to see it so bad. It is on YouTube now. Like, this is the magic of this timing. Because what they did, like, it was received pretty well by the public at the time, but yeah. it, it shifted things irreversibly. Like, once you've, it's like once you've opened Pandora's box, once you've shown yeah, you the can't take tasting that vinaigrette, like, you can't take that back. So it wasn't a disaster. People weren't like, we hate it. But it's just but funny to note. You can't shove the genie back into the bottle once you've already shown the royal family using Tupperware. No. 
Like it, the damage is done. And ultimately, photo or something of like the royal family using Tupperware like at their dinner table. That like that was different. That was when um, it was a different thing. From one of the newspapers, managed to get himself a job, like a job in it. Yeah, and I'm like, no effort. Why do you? Why? What? Do you Tupperware? eat up Tupperware? Why do this you eat This is what I don't get about it. Because I'm like, I have, if like, you are the queen, money. like, like, I wouldn't be mad if I saw her with her cereal decanted into, like, a china bowl. I'd be yeah. like, that, I wouldn't even notice, because that's what I expect. But yeah, what mm-hmm. was Fiona was talking about is this reporter from a newspaper in, like, the 80s or 90s managed to get it. maybe it was even 2000s. Yeah, it was very recent. Yeah. Got a job in Buckingham Palace with like no background checks and took a bunch of photos and published them in the newspaper. And one of them was of the Queen and Prince Philip's breakfast table. Yeah. And it had like all their cereals <laughs> decanted into just plain Tupperware. Yeah. And it's so fucking weird because it's like you have so much money, so much art. You live in a literal palace. So putting your cereal into Tupperware just makes you seem like a tight ass and a yeah. bit of a weirdo. It was 2017. Oh my god, no, 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 no. That's no, what, no. that's the, when... It the... wasn't 2017, it was when President Bush was around, I'm pretty sure. No, but all these articles are coming out in 2017. Well, and you know what? Editing oh, Maddie wait, no, Fortman, us... Fortman Tupperware Secret, 2003, you're right. Yeah, okay, there we go. Um, but that's what I mean, like, we don't want them to be, like, horrible supervillains with lots of money that you know eat children but like i have a bowl from kmart that's white and porcelain like you can get it we don't want to see them eating out of tupperware and that was what the shift was (laughs) it was just so weird yeah and the thing that makes this so notable is if it had just aired and then they'd left it i think like it would have been largely forgotten about yeah but the fact that they regretted allowing access to the cameras and like pulled it from broadcast, like it was not rebroadcast in over 40 years at this point. Until the internet. And that is reportedly like as per the direct request of the queen. <laughs> like, That's so funny. There, there, it's in so many cases in life, the reaction is what decides how something goes. Sure. Yeah, for sure. And the reaction here, boy, oh boy, they made it so much worse for themselves. Because now you watch it and you know it's embarrassing for them. Yeah. And it makes it so much another level. Yeah. Yeah. My final note about this documentary is that apparently there's one scene where the queen is roasting a diplomat for having long arms. (laughs) And I give that 10 out of 10 just for that as a concept. Oh, God. Yeah, so that's the that's the royal family documentary that they then tried to bury forever. Yeah. Okay. What's the so embarrassing to bit iconic? I'd put it a little closer to iconic. Same. Like slightly, slightly right of center. Yeah. Because it is kind of embarrassing with like the Tupperware. It's like, come on. But. But that is the kind idea of... of the queen roasting yeah. someone for having long arms and like and saying doing this in the oily. first place, like having a voiceover like day in the lifestyle thing is hilarious yeah it's all it's definitely on the iconic side of the spectrum yeah i'd say i'd say bit iconic yeah but like as in like it's there's nothing capitalized just like bit iconic you know yeah i've literally just typed bit iconic (laughs) (laughs) so street cred up or down oh it's different because like at the time it probably went slightly up but their response down yeah because now when i reflect on it and i'm like you were so embarrassed by this yeah so your street cred goes down because you're embarrassed yeah so minus one yeah minus one they got a little bit of pull upwards initially would you fire the publicist they would they would i wouldn't (laughs) 
because I think it's funny. You know what? I would if I were them. Yeah. Because it, it took that shine off and you, like I said, and they regretted the bottle. Yeah, they regretted doing it. So the publicist yeah. that recommended it probably was fired. Yeah. Um, um, relevance level. Does your mom remember it? I don't know. I Because I didn't know it, but I don't know as much as you. I think low. I think yeah. it's low relevance because they did really successfully bar- bury it for so yeah. long. Yeah. And which one of us? Ooh. Oh, it's a it's a group project. Yeah, I think we would both do this. One. Yeah. We would and we would both be so into it. Yeah, we would. Which one of us would be the one that requests that it's pulled from circulation? You. Yeah. Because I'd be like my face looks fat in that scene with the vinaigrette. <laughs> I feel like more like you would, we would come up with the idea and we would shoot it and then you decide it doesn't fit with like your current vibe. And you're like, yeah, my vibe that I developed like four months after shooting the documentary. Yeah. And you're like, no, it's bad. Remove it, remove it. I'm like, Maddie, it's fine. Like people aren't even watching it. And you're like, no, take it down, take it down. (laughs) You're like, this aired three years ago, Maddie. Like, it's fine. (laughs) Streaming services don't exist. Yeah. But I just can't rest, you know? No, you can't. So that's their first foray into reality tv Mm -hmm. now we get to one of my favorite things that has ever happened what is it it is called it's a royal knockout yeah and i have got so many notes on this i believe that (laughs) so just hearing the phrase it's a royal knockout can you tell Uh me just what you would think it could be i'm literally only imagining um Wipeout, that show where people try and make it across like an obstacle course and there's like things moving around that just like knock them off uh, the obstacle course and throw them into water. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining that, but royals. And that is the only thing I can envision. <laughs> what if I told you that that's correct? Wait, no, really? Yes. <gasps> yeah. That's so fun. Maybe I do know a royal knockout there. Maybe it like entered my brain and like seeped into the back and I just forgot about it. Who knows? But. Oh my God, that's so fun. Yeah. I'm excited. Okay, go on. Carry on, Maddie. Please tell us more. So I need to give you a little bit of background on Prince Edward because this was his brainchild. Prince Edward is exactly what you'd expect from the youngest child in the royal family. Like, he thinks he is top shit. He thinks Mm -hmm. he's really special. He has none of the pressure and responsibilities that, like, Charles or Anne would have. And so it's just a little bit of a mess. Like, he always just wanted to be um, an actor so badly no uh-huh. way in hell he would have been good at it like there's no way in hell like he could or do the little, the little plays that they would do like at cambridge but it's like as an actual actor no yeah and exactly like you said he would not be allowed so okay. instead he went and worked as a production assistant for andrew lloyd weber um and therefore i am choosing to blame prince edward for cats fair following his foray into theater he mm-hmm. decided he wanted to turn his hand to television and his first foray into television was it's a royal knockout and as fiona correctly guessed it's a royal knockout is basically a mix of wipeout and a primary school sports day but heavily themed it was broadcast on bbc one the oh whole God. thing is on youtube and it is really something like think That's medieval so times as in the restaurant medieval times <laughs> Yeah. And you're most of the way there. That's incredible. Yeah. Like, in a I word, in one word, I would say undignified. <laughs> Which is not what you want. Not what you want for royal family press. No. 
I want to watch it. I feel like we don't need to say anything more. Can we just rank this? Because I'm going straight oh, in no, with... Oh, no, Fiona. You have no idea. I thought oh. that I had it all just from the concept. Oh. I had not even scratched the freaking surface. Your, your, your dramatic pause was too long. I thought your dramatic pause was a I'm, I'm done pause. Right, no, I was looking buddy. up the year this happened. So this oh, happened fair. in 1987. Amazing. Love it. <laughs> it didn't go great. But it is a spectacle to behold. We're talking trumpeters. We're talking a giant, (laughs) obviously fake castle. We're talking a young Harold who looks like Peter Pan mixed with Harry Durbage from TOWIE saying, Mm -hmm. hear ye, instead of hear ye, as he opens the games. (laughs) We're talking literally Rowan Atkinson is there for some reason. I'm assuming probably as PR for Blackadder, and I would love to hear his thoughts on this. Yep. Like Rowan Atkinson. Let's get him on the potty. (laughs) Dressed in full, like period Royal. outfit yeah is like the mc for the whole That's thing great. <laughs> uh it was held at alton towers i love that my face is like there are so many layers to this <laughs> i'm just gonna directly read you the notes that i wrote as i was watching this on youtube and okay. i just could not believe my eyes okay everyone's wearing tights and none of the costumes are historically accurate <laughs> Of course, that's what you're bothered by. The Duke of York is there, <laughs> loving himself sick. He is just so pleased to be on television in his cape. So Prince Andrew walks out. The royals involved in this, for, for starters, are Prince mm-hmm. Edward, Prince Andrew, Fergie, yeah. and surprisingly, Princess Anne. That's each a of them, lot of them. Yeah, each of them is a captain of a team. And this team is made up of like 20 major to minor celebrities uh-huh. in the 80s. So the Duke of York oh is there. God. He is loving himself sick. He is like, I'm in a cape. I'm on TV. Great. I feel like Gemma Collins was born at the wrong time because I feel like she would have thrived She in this. would have been the MVP of its royal yeah. knockout. 100%. Um, Fergie is there and she's ready to fucking go. Like she's got yep. a cold on the day they're filming it, but she is here to throw everyone else in the mud. And she's acting exactly how one would imagine. Like this makes perfect sense for her. She's like hollering chants and like taunting people. Like oh Fergie God. is conducting herself in a way that is so true I to I do herself. not think Queen Lizzie would have been happy with this. It is so incorrect for the royal family. Yeah. This whole event is just like, it is, it, it is so clear that he, Prince Edward is the baby of the family yeah. because he was allowed to do this and yeah. everyone went along with it. Yeah. Um, Prince Edward is wearing 100% mustard. He's <laughs> supposedly on the gold team, but like it is just mustard, mustard. head to toe. And he looks yeah. like the biggest dweeb I have ever seen. And then once <laughs> you factor in that he's done this whole thing, it is so embarrassing because he truly thinks, and this is the linchpin of the entire thing, uh-huh. That this is television history. I mean, is he wrong? <laughs> you know, he... Yeah. Like, literally what I've written is, it is, but not in the way he's clearly imagining, <laughs> judging by his little face. Bless. Like, he thinks he is... Bl- it's like the typical thing of, like, a child who's been told they're special and been handed everything, and then they, like, do the most minor thing, and people are like, well done. Like, he <laughs> thinks this is groundbreaking, and when the presenter moves on from the little interview with Edward, he actually looks crestfallen. Like, Aww. he's got his little moment. They talk to Andrew, they talk to Fergie, they talk to Edward, and then they move on to start talking to Princess Anne, and he looks so upset that his moment is over and calls the <laughs> presenter back to do a little team cheer. <laughs> like, he 1,000% thought he was in the midst of his big break. 
And he is oh. genuinely upset whenever the attention is on anyone else and visibly livid when his team is losing, which is the entire time. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> it is my personal belief that he is why it's so embarrassing because he is the only one taking it fully seriously. And ironically, if he were not involved, it may have been a success. See, I understand that I did not see it, but I'm still saying bit iconic in like capital B and full caps on iconic. Oh yeah. And there's a lot more to come. So, yeah. So when I say he takes it seriously, I mean, like, the other ones are competitive. Fergie's a Uh big old mess, Fergie. Anne and Andrew are both competitive because they're from an athletic family. But, Mm -hmm. like, Prince Edward, you can tell when he's losing, he's, like, he's upset about it. And what I've written here is biggest Pisces energy. (laughs) Then we move on to Princess Anne. Princess Anne is there, and I'm actually shocked. But she does not look like she's there by choice. So I suspect she was forced and only agreed due to the charity aspect. So they are playing for charity. Mm -hmm. Um, And also probably because it is her, like, baby brother, and she was probably told to go along with it. Um, This is a reminder to all of us to stick to our established brands and listen to the voice that says we actually do not want to participate. Thank you. <laughs> oh, God. Because it's so off-brand for Princess Anne, but yeah, there makes she no is. Um, the other three I understand being there, but seeing Anne in this setting is like if Tom Hanks went on Logan Paul's podcast. Like, mm, if this is not the context. That, yeah, it's not the context we want to experience you in. Yeah. It doesn't quite compute and it makes us all question our existing perceptions and it just makes everything uncomfortable. That is the overall vibe of this entire show. It takes the shine off the royals and makes them look relatable in a way that is very, very bad Not for brand. Not fun. Yeah. yeah. Now, if they did this for comic relief in present day, it would go down great. But yes. there's just something about like having Fergie jog out to a hollering crowd looking like she's headed to a <laughs> boxing match. That, like, does, it does make one understand how perhaps in the days when people deadass still did think the queen was ordained by God um, and the whole family was untouchable, that this may not have adhered to the vibe desired by Buckhouse. Not at all. Um, and 1980s production quality is not doing them any favors. No. Like, the audio is all over the place. It's shot in, like, the old TV format. There's nothing dignified about this. You, a YouTuber could film this better now. And it would be, I mean, like, kind yeah. of okay. Now, miscellaneous celebrities involved in mm-hmm. It's a Royal Knockout include mm-hmm. Tom Jones. Oh my gosh. Okay. John Cleese. Uh-huh. Christopher Reeve. <laughs> football's Gary Lineker. And in brackets, I've put I would because he's young here and he's not bad looking. Uh, Sir Cliff Richard. John Travolta. <laughs> and Meatloaf. <laughs> Wait, what? Like... Each of these teams is made up of so many celebrities. And, like, there are other people whose names I recognized and didn't put down. And there are yeah, so yeah. many people that, like, in 1987, like, they've Would got huge, John yeah. Travolta. And Meatloaf. And it's being hosted by Rowan Atkinson. Like, the <laughs> amount of clout it would have taken to bring all these people together. And for what? That's They so had charity one game. Charity. That is, it literally is the charity aspect. And they would have thought, the Royals are doing it. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, now, this must be high and dignified. Yeah. Uh, if you're wondering what all these celebrities and these key members of the Royal family were doing... In one round, the players dressed up as giant vegetables and threw fake hams at each other. 
in another, uh-huh. they were scooting across a log. It feels a like log. A, a Peter protest. <laughs> it is genuinely, it's like medieval times and a, and a primary school sports day. Yeah. Like, it is so odd. In another challenge that they did multiple times, they're scooting across a log. Um, in another one, they're dressed as soup ingredients, and they had to run around and rip the soup ingredient costumes off each other and then throw them into a giant pot. And oh, this. Fun. This one did lead to a nice clip of a young John Travolta running with a giant onion costume. Nice. Uh, but overall, it was very undignified, and Prince Edward lost pretty much all of it. That's upsetting. Yeah, it was very upsetting for him. He looked really sad. Um, there was one game presented by, uh, quote, McDonald's Restaurant. One was <laughs> presented by Asda, and another by Harrods, hashtag, rest in peace, lady die. Uh-huh. Um, really, I want to emphasize that half of Monty Python is there. And at one yeah. point, Tom Jones of What's New Pussycat fame is falling off a rope decorated like a vine into a little tiny swimming pool. Like, I can't wait to watch this. <laughs> it is just so bonkers. And then that Place you're it. looking at these other celebrities and you're like, this is insane that this is happening. And then you tune back into the fact Princess Anne is there. And you're like, what is happening? There is a lot of yelling and bickering. Like, they are all fighting a lot with each other. And no one's mic'd up because it's 1987. So it's all, like, all of them are just running around. You can hear them shouting from a distance. And then, like, they'll they'll do, like, a little interview. Or, like, Princess Anne will come up and try and, like, dispute a decision that's being made because she thinks someone cheated. Like, it is just these people need PR training so badly. Yeah, Here is my assessment is uh-huh. of how I think they come off. Uh-huh. So Princess Anne, I think, is likable if highly competitive and a stickler re-rules. But she's uh-huh. an Olympian, so what do you expect? Like, <laughs> she's not going to be like, sure, Edward, cheat and win. Um, yeah. It's a lighter side to Anne, and she does have a laugh with it. And uh-huh. also, obviously, she wins. Yeah. Um, Prince Andrew. Okay, spoilers, but okay. Yeah. Prince Andrew, we don't know he's allegedly a predator yet in 1987, so he comes across as relaxed enough, but also a douche because he's Prince Andrew. Yeah. Fergie is in her element. She is shouting and tumbling about, loves it. Yep. And Edward could not be more embarrassed if I tried. Everyone on his team looks like they want to go home. Like, everyone on the other teams is having such a good time. And then on Edward's team, you can tell they're all so stressed because he's so upset that they're not winning. And we are not even at the best part yet. Oh, God. So, the games are over. Princess Anne is won. I think Edward's... He hasn't come in dead last. But he's still Mm -hmm. not, you know... He would have liked to win, but he's riding high on his big achievement. Um... He has a little press conference after the games are over. Now, mm-hmm. you may remember this was his big break. Yep. His passion project. Big day for a big boy. Yeah. It is immediately clear as soon as he sits down that he thinks he has done something absolutely incredible on this day. He arrives into this media tent like he just won the Tour de France and collapses into a chair. Like, biggest day ever. Did you guys oh. even see that? That was crazy. I'm obsessed and with all this. he comments on how exhausted he is from his big day out. And then when the press asks how he thinks he went, he just grins to himself and starts talking about the tremendous amount of people he has to thank for the rip-roaring success they all just witnessed. Oh. 
Like, this is a man who has never been reality checked in his entire life and truly yeah. believes that everyone in the room and likely the nation is enthralled by what he has to say. Like, he is speaking as though they just pulled off the Olympic closing cer- ceremony. Like... And who are we to tell them that he's wrong? He's wearing, yeah. like, a barber jacket and looking rained on. And it it is just like, you've just broken several world records. How do you feel? I love it. However... The tide begins to turn when he says to the press who were kept in a tent all day. Mm-hmm. So all the press were kept in a tent the entire time. So they couldn't see any of it. Okay. He asks them, I only hope that you've enjoyed yourselves. Have you? Like fully expecting them to be like, yes, thank you, Prince Best Edward. Ever. I'll tell my grandchildren about this. But unfortunately, the press give him quite like a lukewarm reaction. It's not even bad, but, like, they've been sitting oh, in this yeah. tent all day. And he is visibly disgruntled and taken aback. And then he goes, well, thanks for sounding so bloody enthusiastic. <laughs> Which you would think could maybe be played off as a joke. Except for then he tries to get actual feedback from them about how good his show was. And, like, they don't have feedback. So the press just all laugh awkwardly. And he just goes thanks really sad sarcastic no. and sulky then gets up and like storms out of the press God. tent but also this is like every every part of this no never mind I'll, I'll mention it later i know where it's gonna come up again yeah but like the <laughs> fact that you're like wow this shouldn't have happened he it's embarrassing enough that he clearly thinks he's done something monumentous oh. here and then he, and he, he has. has a fucking tantrum <laughs> that the press doesn't stand up and cheer for him Uh, So this did not go down well with the public for obvious reasons. The Queen was said to be against it from the start and is quite rightfully something they all probably hope we as a collective consciousness have forgotten about right now. But they're forgetting about award-winning podcast, Kevin Fever. Yeah, I'm very (laughs) sorry. Um, They did make money for charity, though, so that's nice. Good for them. So that's It's a Royal Knockout. Yeah. Which, like, my what I thought I was going to write down for this was, like, here's what it was. Here's how it went. Here's a press conference. But as I was watching this unfold, I was like, it, I felt like I was hallucinating. Yeah. It is insane. And it is so long. This isn't like a 15 minute special. This is like a long, a long feature presentation. Yeah. So from iconic to so embarrassing, it, this is another tricky one because it's so iconic, but also so embarrassing. I think it's so iconic that it becomes embarrassing, but I think it be- it deserves iconic status. It's the other way around. Yeah, it's so embarrassing that it is iconic. And if we're pressed here, we have to put it more on the iconic side because yeah. they've got John Travolta running with a giant onion costume. Yeah, like, it's iconic. Absolutely Street iconic. cred? It, this is a negative two. It's a hard oh, negative two. It's give- I'm, I'm plus two, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> Street cred? No. When you see it, you're like, oh, you, sh- you guys shouldn't be doing this. Fair. Like, the only one that it makes sense for is Fergie, and that's not a good thing. Yeah. Would you find a publicist? No. Yes. Yes. No. Yes, they would. They would. <laughs> this is not us. We, we wouldn't fire the publicist because we love that it's a disaster. Yeah. If we were them, we would fire the... Prince Edward would have slapped the publicist in the press tent. Like, <laughs> he was so unhappy. Relevance level? Fine. Would your mom remember it? I think that the parents probably would remember it. I think that they would because I had it somewhere in my brain. So I think I was exposed to it at some point in my childhood. So I'll I think, give it yes. a medium. Yeah. Yeah. 
and which one of us is Prince Edward? Do you want to say what you were going to say earlier? Yeah, I was going to say earlier. Every time you describe things from from the moment you said youngest child told he just has he told he could do anything and he has a god complex. I'm like ah, it's Maddie. Right through to at the end when you're throwing a tantrum because people didn't like it when really they just didn't see it. Maddie. <laughs> What's missing, however, is that my thing would actually be good. There's a god complex. <laughs> I'm just saying, I do actually have talents. Um, however, yeah, no, there's literally, there's no discussion on this one. A, no. a thousand percent. Sitting down as if you've just pulled off, like, the greatest victory in the history of television and then getting yeah. genuinely wounded when the press doesn't, like, applaud you. Yeah, Maddie. That's big Maddie energy right there. Yeah. That's it's a royal knockout. So those are their forays into reality television. Love it. What's next up, Fiona? From that, we are going to be moving on to Princess Anne's abduction. And God, I, I'm just I'm just gonna dive into it because I don't even know how to preface this, I would say, iconic event. So I did write notes for this one because I knew I wouldn't be able to remember all the details. On March 20th, 1974, Prince Anne of oh, great, great typing already, Fiona. <laughs> On the 20th of March, 1974, Princess Anne was heading back to Buckingham Palace from a charity event and their car, their car, <laughs> why can't I talk, was, their car was forced to stop by a different car that had like pulled up in front of them and it was blocking the road and the driver of the car jumps out and just started shooting at the car. So zero to 100 real fast. Um, and because she's a royal, she had like a personal police officer with her. So he got out of the car. And tried to disarm the guy to protect her, but his gun jammed. So, like, Jesus, bad time for your gun to jam. No. Um, So he got shot. Uh, And then uh, the shooter also shot the chauffeur of the limo car thing that they were in. Which uncalled for. Yeah. Um, And there was also, like, a tabloid journalist nearby who was, like, trying to get a sweet, sweet shot of a shooter, and he got shot. So, like, I mean, like, why were you trying to get closer to get photos of this? The guy has a gun. Yeah, um, sad time to not have, like, a telephoto lens. Yeah, really think mm. of investing in your equipment. Invest in yourself first. A little first. bit of karma and emotion there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he did that, and then he, like, the shooter did that, went to Princess Anne's door and told her that he was going to kidnap her and hold her for ransom. The estimates are between two to three million pounds, um, which was like a lot more in 1974 as well. Um, and he planned to give all of that money to the NHS, <laughs> which like, I don't know how that would work. Like he'd be like, okay, yeah, I kidnapped Princess Anne, but I would like to make a sizable donation to the NHS. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, do you think the NHS would be allowed to accept the blood yeah. money for Princess <laughs> Anne? And especially at this point, like 1974, did you say? Yeah. Like, she was so young at this point. She would have, like, just been married yeah. and, like, maybe have a very young child. Like... Yeah. Um, this would have been a big deal. Yeah. So he said he was like, I'm going to kidnap you and hold you for ransom and get the money for the NHS. And she goes, not bloody likely. <laughs> <laughs> and then scooted to the other side of the car and left out the door of the other side of the car with like her friend who was also in the car. And then this sounds so fake. A former professional boxer named Ron Russell <laughs> walked by and punched the shooter in the head. <laughs> so <laughs> then we have like 
three people lying down shot, a chauffeur, a policeman, and a tablet journalist are lying <laughs> shot on the ground, and a former professional boxer knocks his guys out and takes Anne and her lady-in-waiting away from the scene, and then another police officer rocked up, and the guy had recovered enough from the punch to shoot that police officer. <laughs> Why did they take the gun? <laughs> Like, this is just incompetence on every front except for Anne. So he's, like, part... He's, like, blacked out from a professional boxer hitting him, comes to, and then sees a police officer and just shoots him. But that police officer had already called for backup, so then other cops came and arrested him. I mean, yeah, um, and they were also pretty close to Buckingham Palace. Like, yeah, they were, I'm like, gonna try really and do, like, a, an abduction. I'm going to do it not probably that close to Buckingham Palace. Yeah, not around the corner from their house. Um, from where it's very famously known that a large number of guards are all the time. Yeah. Um, so thankfully, yeah, so they came and they arrested the guy and thankfully everyone did survive. So all the people who were shot managed to make it through. They were taken to hospital and survived. Um, but he was given prison time, right? Only for attempted murder and kidnapping, which really feels wild. Cause I feel like there should be a higher one for Royals. It should be like treason. You just that's, that's literally what I thought. Yeah. I was like, it, it should have treason energy to it. But it was just for attempted murder and kidnapping. And I reckon artic- there'd be like some hierarchy bullshit where if it was like Charles or the Queen, it would have been treason. Yeah, exactly. But like, it just feels weird that like you can shoot four people <laughs> and try and kidnap a royal and you only get like yeah. attempted murder and kidnapping. I feel, I feel like, like you should shooting get four people is like, that's I mean, quite significant in itself. Yeah. But also it's just like such a boobery. Like it's such incompetence. Because, yeah. like, he's shot he's shot three people, sure. But then he opens the car door and he's just like, get out, please. And she's like, no. Yeah. Like, she's like, absolutely <laughs> not. I'm not getting out of the car. Not bloody likely. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> apparently she, like, fully, like, she didn't even, like, panic. She was just like, no. Yeah. And, um, but, like, why are you going to rock up and be like, I'm going to actually kidnap you and hold you for ransom? Just like, do it, feels it like That's it's a like combo when, that could wait. It's like when evil villains, like, talk so much about capturing the good guy or killing the good guy that they don't do it yeah like monologuing from the incredibles yeah so yeah. it also feels like his heart wasn't fully in it because if your heart's in it like you're gonna you're gonna just yank her out of there you'll like shoot her in the leg if you have to like yeah if your heart's in it you don't ask her to get out of the car and then go wait what when she says no yeah so he was sent to a mental hospital Fair um enough. and essentially he still thinks that his actions were actually good because they led to increased security. So the Royal family clearly didn't have enough security before that they could just get stopped in the middle of the street. And I mean, did it lead to that much increased security? Cause remember when a guy literally got into the queen's bedroom at Buckingham <laughs> palace, like several years well, later, like, but now like if the Royals are driving around, like there's like cars in front and behind and people know what's going on more. He also so, shouldn't have been able to just open the car. Like car doors can lock. Yeah, get a little child luck on there. Like, he didn't even shoot the window out, did he? Like, the one where she was. I don't think so, no. He really... Anyway. Yeah. His heart yeah, just so, doesn't seem like he was in it. Yeah. It, essentially, he thinks his actions were good because it led to increased security. Doesn't really make much sense. Um, but yeah, so that is Princess Anne's abduction. One of the best things about this... Yeah. Is that it is seems entirely fake. That, like, it, well, yeah, it seems entirely fake. So, the thing about all of these are, like... They have the vibe of, why haven't I heard of this? 
You yeah. Know? Like, if this is a real thing, why are we not talking about it? I guess we also but the fact alive that It just time. proves that Princess Anne is exactly who she seems like. Yeah. Because she even went on some talk show to talk about the attempted kidnapping. And the way she talked about it, it was like it was some, like a completely boring non-event. And it was so obvious that she would just tell him to fuck off instead of getting out of the car. Yeah. Like, if that happened to me, I probably would. I know, like, the main thing everyone drills into is, like, never let someone take you to a second location. Yeah. I probably would have in that moment. You'd freak out, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so from so embarrassing to bit iconic pure bit iconic it's absolutely iconic everything seems fake and the only person i mean everyone kind of comes off badly in the way that they seem incompetent apart from princess anne yeah and she's the royal so she's the one we're grading yeah and but it's just so funny like the moment the professional boxer appears and it just gets (laughs) wilder is just so funny to me the boxer is what makes it seem so fake and i've seen interviews with him and he looks exactly how you think like a former boxer from london would look like he's meaty yeah a real lad i think um, that she seals the he iconic. got knighted after as well because oh, well, like, you'd hope yeah. so because he saved the princess but like yeah. i think what seals the deal is the fact she literally just went not bloody likely not bloody likely yeah so i absolutely would say iconic absolutely iconic yeah um street cred, cred for princess anne went through the roof after this yeah but also she was already doing pretty well in life at this point because it was when she was young and everyone was hyped about her family yeah and i think as well like it's a little down for the royal family because clearly their security was not good but everyone was it can't be a three yeah it can't be a three i think plus two though happen yeah yeah because it is embarrassing that he was even able to like first of all that they stopped the car now they definitely have rules where like the queen's car does not stop like if a gate doesn't open they go around the block yeah would you fire um, the publicist no i think i no. think like even though the security came off poorly it was such a it also like humanizes them it's like wow like princess Anne was so brave in the face of danger like it makes them sympathetic towards the royal family so that's true very smart. it humanizes them in the opposite way that the other things do where it yeah. humanizes her and makes her feel like wow she's a great special person yeah you know and also that interview she did went well which is rare for them yeah (laughs) so i would not fire the publicist relevance level pretty high yeah i i again you know more than i do about relevance levels for these i'd say pretty high like your mom would remember princess anne nearly being abducted cool nice yeah and which one of us would be princess anne in this situation it's hard because it's neither it really depends which mood either of us is in i yeah i think the thing, oh, I don't even actually know. Because I think it seems like a more you thing on the surface, but I think you would actually panic more. This this is what I'm like, it depends what mood I was in. Because if I was just like feeling despondent, I'd be yeah. like, not bloody likely. Yeah. I think it's slightly more me, but only because I'm a bit dumber. Like I, my survival instinct <laughs> would be like, sass him. Yeah. Yeah. And I probably would have, like, snuck out the car already. <laughs> yeah. You'd be, you'd be, like, bargaining with him. You'd be like, I love the NHS. Let's talk about that instead. Yeah, let's talk tax policy. <laughs> Whereas I'd just be like, nah. Yeah. So I feel me. like I feel like you'd say nah, but you'd be more likely to get shot because of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't walk out and there's like the boxer would get there like a second late and I'd have like yeah. a leg wound. You'd be and like a limp not forever. bloody likely, but then you wouldn't move. Like she said not bloody likely, then skadoodle to the other side of the limit. You say not bloody yeah. likely and then stare him down and it wouldn't My go. My voice well. would crack. 
not bloody likely. <laughs> God. So yeah, it's closer to me, but not in a very cool way. Not like, yeah. Neither of us get it in a cool, fun way. And no, it's neither of us are quite as hard as Princess Anne. No. <laughs> so, considering that I rambled on for so long about the Royal, Royal Knockout, Knockout. Yeah. Um, this is going to be the end of part one. However, coming up in part two, we have got some big hitters. We've got Fergie and Andrew. We've got the hot young princes. And we've got, of course, the main event. Princess Diana. So tune in next week because this is a two-parter. The next one will be going up next week, not in two weeks. Yep. And uh, leave us some hot goss on our social media at Hey Cabin Fever on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yep. We have one TikTok up. Maybe we'll do more. Who knows? And never let anyone take you to a second location. Bye. Bye.